So with every change, I talk about this, every change there's a goodbye. We're saying goodbye to something and maybe it's an old friend that doesn't serve you well, but they're still your old friend. I don't know what it is, but everybody knows there's something. It's like that thing or that time, how you spend your time and energy. So sometimes we have to say goodbye to some part of our path that hasn't been working for us. And a lot of other things that come in are like people might have shame, Mm -hmm. low self-worth. They may actually struggle with self-love and self-compassion. There are thoughts and feelings and things that have gone on in their life that they cannot let go of. So they don't feel like they deserve anything different or better. They may feel that they'll get the uh, disappointment or envy from of people that they care about. So growing and changing has consequences. And I think if people take time to explore, they can sometimes get to the bottom of like what their reason is that they keep sabotaging. Welcome to season five of the Be Your Own Kind podcast, where we interview individuals that are basking in the lane they have created. To keep up with all things BYOK, visit our website at beyourownkind.com. While there, stop by the BYOK shop to grab our merch to add daily inspiration to your life. BYOK has also created a Facebook group that offers giveaways, business advice, and lots of labs, and most importantly, sisterhood. Have time for a chat or to just get acquainted with your girl? Go to our site and click under Booking to set up a 30-minute coffee chat. Be sure to tune into the BYOK 2 Sis Live every Wednesday at 9.20 Central Standard Time on the BYOK Platform YouTube channel, or you can listen to us on Fluent Radio at www.fluentradio.com. Last but not least, if you love our content, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and share our episodes. Thank you for rocking with us each season and enjoy the episode. Well, hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm good, Renita. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, the sun is out. It doesn't matter if it's cold. As long as the sun comes out, I'm okay. (laughs) Well, I think that's, uh, I think being able to see when the sun comes out, even on the darkest of days is our, one of our goals, right? See the sun come out. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's such a, wow, that's such a healthy perspective, right? Well, one of the things you and I are probably going to talk a little bit about is about resilience and our capacity to be able to find those moments Mm -hmm. of sunshine in the darkness or the moments of joy in the midst of despair. Um, And that's just part of how sort of navigating with a full heart um, and being resilient is all about. But it's been nice. I'm, I'm you. I don't know where you are, but I'm in New Orleans. Where are you at? I'm in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Love Chicago. Well, and so for us, we did get a little bit of cool weather recently and the mm-hmm. sun's out. It's beautiful. Um, but I've been to Chicago quite often, actually. Nice. Well, what are your favorite, what is one of your favorite things about Chicago? The Field Museum and the Palmer, the Palmer House Hotel. Okay. All right. Those are, those are heavy hitters. <laughs> Well, I did. Uh, there was a lot of meetings that I used to go to at the Palmer House, and, and I had, uh, there was a very important professional moment for me that mm-hmm. happened at the Palmer House. And then my cousin used to run the entomology department um, in the Field Museum, so I got to go back in the in the backstage, I guess, and see where they file everything. And that was very interesting. There's a lot of dead things and preserved specimens, and so that was quite interesting. <laughs> 
That is um, but, uh, pretty Have you been to New Orleans? No, I want to go. That's on, that's on my husband and I bucket list. Oh. Um, he found out um, that there are restaurants that are shellfish allergy um, friendly. So that's what our reluctance was at first. Because I'm like, what can I eat if I go to if I go to New Orleans, so we found. Well, it's not all seafood. We have some yeah. amazing food, and um, and if you let them know, they'll make sure it hasn't touched any shellfish. Yeah, so I'm now I'm looking forward to because at first I'm like, what am I gonna eat like beignets, which I'm okay with, but. <laughs> well, it's much more than that. Much more than that. I love it. I love if you. It. If you come down, you let me know. I'll definitely make some really good recommendations for you. I will definitely, definitely reach out to you because, uh, you know, you see the stuff on, on Google and, and you go there and it's like, okay, it's the touristy stuff, but I'm like, no, I want to go to the neighborhood stuff. Like That's right. That's yeah. right. And you only get to know that when you really talk to someone here in the city. And there's a definitely, there's a part of New Orleans that's only accessible to the locals. Or if you know the locals, it's like any place. If you go just to the touristy places, you're really going to miss some things, but yeah but it's really nice to meet you and i know that we share a common connection with jennifer covington so i'm so grateful for her putting us in touch with each other yes yes loving it loving it so i know we're, we're just talking but can you let the audience know a little bit about who you are well my name is jamie cromer grew mm -hmm. and i am a clinical social worker a board certified psychoanalyst and a Ayurvedic lifestyle instructor. And, um, and I was certified through the Chopra Foundation for that. And I am here in New Orleans. I have over 28 years of experience helping people resolve all kinds of issues from depression, anxiety, relationship, trauma. Um, and, uh, and I still have that private practice. And years ago, I founded a company called Windows to Wisdom. And that was all about my mission to make sure that everybody had access not only to this wisdom about how to access their unconscious, how to become more self-aware, how to take care of themselves in a kind of holistic, personalized framework. Mm -hmm. So it, it was this kind of goal to do that um, and then have people access their own wisdom and teaching people how to listen to themselves. And really that's the goal of therapy even is that when people come in, they get some a non-judgmental space to hear themselves think and talk. I quite often have people say out loud, I didn't even know I was thinking that. I didn't even know I felt that way. So it's like getting that space. And what I give people permission to do is after they've healed and ha after they've learned some things that they take that after the fact and they, they keep it going with themselves. So Windows to Wisdom is about the all of the education and the guidance and support to get the tools techniques to do that to do all of that so in short that's what i do i'm also the president of the new orleans birmingham psychoanalytic center i'm the head of their outreach and their progress committee i'm on faculty and i'm also married my husband and i've been together over 33 years and i have a 29 year old son a 17 year old daughter and a 16 year old nephew that I'm the full guardian of and a bunch of fur babies too. So <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> wow, Jamie, you, uh, you do a lot, <laughs> you do a lot of incredible work. I do. Work. I do. I do. I checked you out on, um, on your website and I was just, um, as you, as I sent the notes to you, I was talking, I was talking about how I loved the quote about supporting self-care by self-discovery. 
Um, I feel like that's step one because how can you care for something you don't even know in order to, you gotta be connected to something to value it. And I thought that that was just, I don't know, like, I don't know, I just I just like that. <laughs> You're like, that rings true, that yeah. rings true. Well, you know, I'm biased, I guess, because of how I've trained, but also how I've lived my life, okay. that being self-aware uh, is sort of the beginning because when we're self-aware then it's to me it's like traveling on a highway you're traveling on the highway if you didn't have the road signs maybe you wouldn't know where you were going you wouldn't know where to get off and it's sort of like that if we have road signs inside of ourselves we have that internal compass that says oh I know who I am I know why I am the way I am I can understand what triggers me I know what stories about my life that impact me that might limit me um, I know how to look for my strengths. Uh, I know um, what my personality is and where I'm gonna feel the most comfortable. And so that's just sort of the beginning. And But I also think that, you know, you can go anywhere and find a, like a self-care checklist, right? Like all the right. things that everybody might do. But I do think there's something important about having your own personalized framework for your own self-care and for your own self-aware moments and uh and it's it's not going to be the same for everyone right. um so i think knowing yourself helps you know what it is you exactly need and so i teach people how to turn in and ask literally ask what is it that i most need right now what is it that i most need to know right now and that that can guide you day to day do I need to stop and take a few deep breaths because that's going to regulate my nervous system down? Or actually, am I feeling really sluggish and heavy and I actually need to get out and take a brisk walk? Or do I need, uh, if you're thinking about balancing through the senses, do I need to smell some lavender right now and like chill? Or am I needing some cinnamon or orange because I need to pep myself up? Those are just tiny little examples of like, if I know what I need and I know how I'm out of balance, I can get what I need. Um, yeah. That is a high level of connectedness. Like just to, you're saying it's minute, but it's not, you know, because I feel like self-care has become, I don't know, systematic, like in one size fit all type deal. Oh, absolutely. But as with anything in your journey, it's subjective. You know what what works for you. Like you That's can right. the help, you know, help books and they're good. They serve their purpose, but they only are planting a seed of things to try. It's still right. like, a, you know, plug and play kind of situation, you know, when you're trying to figure out like what works in different situations. So I'm wondering, Jamie, is there... Is there something personal to your um, framework? Like, is that does this, does this come from experience? Does it come from research? Like, how did you come up with, with your framework of what you do? Well, I think as with most things, when you get to know me, I will often tell people there's never one reason for anything. Everything is multi-determined. And so part of our goal is to understand all the threads that come in and, and influence whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so how I came up with this framework or how I got involved in this, there's probably so many reasons why I even was, you know, directed to a healing profession. But for me, I certainly had my own experiences with trauma and depression and anxiety. 
and resolving that through my own self-work journaling since even I was nine years old and having my own therapy. And when you get trained in this work, when you become a clinical social worker, and especially when you become a psychoanalyst, which is like an additional five years of training, it's required that you do your own work because basically we are the instruments of change. So if we don't know who we are, how are we gonna know how to help you, guide you, or know the difference between what's you and me in that room? Because mm -hmm. it's not just insight alone, it's the power of that relationship and us coming to know each other in that room and what comes alive in the room. So I think for me, um, being drawn into this was going through doing my own work and finding it really helpful and useful and being challenged along the way and realizing that uh, my own resilience, my own capacity to care for myself, it wasn't just intellectual. For me, I spent a lot of time in my life up in my mind and in my emotions. Like, let me, let me understand that thing. For me, the last piece or one of the pieces that fell into place later was really a deep spiritual calling. And that happened in small ways over time, but it was particularly challenged in 2016 when my son almost died. And in that moment, I realized I had a fantasy and my fantasy was if I'm smart enough, if I work hard enough, if I'm a good enough person, then somehow I'm protected. Um, and I think on some level that's true, except you're going to get rocked around a lot before you get back to get back to centered. Right. So when I got my world rocked and I thought, wow, I, I don't know if I can keep doing what I'm doing. I don't know if I can keep taking care of all my patients and my clients and still be fully present for myself and my son when I was so uh, just my world was rocked. And that's actually what brought me to go on my first retreat. And that's how I got trained at the Chopra Institute and became a, a Ayurvedic lifestyle instructor. And the reason those are, those actually are tied into this framework idea. So psychoanalysis and therapy is, there's this framework of understanding the mind and the personality and our stories and how we make sense of the world. And so I've learned that and that's very personal. But if you have a framework, you can listen in a certain kind of way and really help guide people through what they're thinking and feeling. And then uh, I went out into this, into this retreat and found out about Ayurveda, which is a personalized wellness program for understanding mind, body, spirit, wellness. And there were seven pillars of health that they talked about that I learned, meditation and movement and nutrition and healthy emotions, grounding in nature, uh, connection to yourself and others. And I'm missing sleep. So it was like, the, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that How one. How we all forget that, really, right? <laughs> I think that one should be first. I'm just letting you know that one should be first. If you don't have good sleep, everything's going downhill from there. <laughs> so, so my own capacity to say, I need something more. I need something more. I need to take my own self and, and get some some self-care on board that really works for me. How do I keep myself balanced? How do I check back in with myself and what I need? And so out of that, I was just inspired to um, just to share all of this with everyone. And that's, and that's how Windows to Wisdom was born. And really it was born because I didn't know if I was gonna wanna stay in my office 10 hours a day, uh, five days a week, 
sitting in that chair doing one-on-one patient care because it's very demanding and I didn't know if I would be able to do it if I had to worry about things going on in my family life. Turns out it all worked out and I made it through just by not taking some new patients for a while and adding some balance then. But I started going on retreats. I started um, hosting retreats here in New Orleans and in Costa Rica and uh, I developed workshops and courses. And so that whole business got born though out of that. Um, so I don't know, I feel like I kind of went all over the place, but uh, but that framework, both of those frameworks apply to everyone. I wanna teach people how to become self-aware. There's like a, the, the, the pillar of like windows to self-awareness, windows to self. And then there's the windows to wellness, which is all about that seven pillars and learning how to balance yourself. And then there's windows to success, which is, I know my values, I know my purpose, I know the big reason why, and I know how to create action and I know how to get out of my own way. Um, So I teach people how to gain that self-awareness, how to have more confidence, how to not self-sabotage, Um, And I even have a whole program that's just on creating sustainable change and walking people through seven major steps to like make sure you're making change in the right way. Um, And I have journaling challenges like I have a lot going on that really there's something for everybody uh, with Windows to Wisdom. Yeah, I love that. I love that you did mention a little bit in the notes about a challenge. What was it called? The 21 day self-reflection daily um, habit challenge? Yes. So that one's pretty recent. Um, I have a 30 day journaling challenge and I have this 21 day self-reflection daily habits challenge. I love this one. Okay. Um, I put a lot of heart in that one because each day you not only get like an idea that's presented to you Mm -hmm. that um, helps you think or do something new, but there's usually there might be an inspiring quote. There's a, a little bit of education about it. And um, and it's a, it's attached to an app, the Windows to Wisdom app. So you get this, which I love. I get a, you get a reminder. <laughs> I like reminders, mm-hmm. um, and so there's an automatic <laughs> reminder for you to go there and and to work on this. And it could be something like uh, today, think about three things you're grateful for, or today, I want you to think about what are your personal strengths. Or think about the challenges in your life that you've overcome. What were the things that helped you overcome those challenges? Or if, if it's about connection and forgiveness, are there people in your life you want to get reconnected to? Who can you call or text today? Um, some of them have some journaling prompts about self-awareness. Uh, another, when I talk about self-awareness, I often talk about three major techniques. One of them is meditation, because when you quiet your mind and you connect to yourself, it's gonna, it has lots of health benefits, first of all, tons. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Everybody knows about those, I think, where, you know, it's, it's, it's regulating your nervous system. It's gonna literally down-regulate bad genes and up-regulate good genes. Like there's a ton of health benefits to meditation but it helps waken your creativity and it helps you really be able to listen. Because when you get quiet, you listen. By the way, this is one of the things people sometimes say they don't wanna do. That's why people stay really busy and they don't stop because they're like, I don't wanna think about that. I, I don't wanna think, I don't wanna feel that honest, feeling. Jamie, 2020 is what, like the beginning, I, I said this on probably a, a couple episodes, like 2020 when I had to sit down and be at home, 
I went nuts. Like silence, like I never understood the quote, silence can be so loud until the, the pandemic happened. You know, now I can work in silence and I see, I see what you're saying. The, um, I used to have real high anxiety. I'm not hot, so high strung anymore. Um, but that was, that's 2023. 2020, yeah, it was like every thought that I have suppressed or tried to ignore <laughs> or, you know, busy, you know, doing uh -huh. everything else. Every single thought, it's like somebody just lifted the rug of thought, like, and all the thoughts that I put under the rug just like floated. And it was, <laughs> I mean, I felt uh, nearly insane. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about this. I don't want to feel this. This hurts. This is like, I felt 50 million emotions all in once. Like, <laughs> Oh, I can, I can so relate. And honestly, it can be really hard, especially if you don't have a way to contain or to feel like you can stop the flood mm -hmm. or to quiet the noise. Because the way I think about it is this, ideally, I think if I think about that window metaphor for a minute, I would like for people to feel like they could raise the shade and open it up and shed some light when they want to. But that if they really kind of feel like I need it quiet, I need it a little dark, I'm gonna lower the shade. And so there are things in our life that can do that naturally, like the ways we like, oh, I totally forgot about that thing, right? right? Like <laughs> denial, suppression, <laughs> like displacement, like all these ways that we defend ourselves. Right. But, um, but I think if we don't feel like we have control over it, it can feel very disorienting and it yeah. can feel unsettling. And this is where people might start having anxiety attacks even, or get depressed or turn to drugs, alcohol, lots of Netflix, food, you name it. Whatever the things like, let me just dull the noise and pain. But I think if people can begin to make space to just kind of baby step and then learn some of the techniques of like how to shift your emotions, um, how to create containment, how to ground yourself, how to calm your nervous system. Like all these, like having tools in the toolbox can help you navigate the hard times and back to resilience, create more resilience. And I think the daily habits like that. So the challenge that you mentioned, the 21 days, to begin to start setting up some kind of daily habit of I'm taking care of myself, either mind, body or spirit. And it just starts that process. Um, yeah. I love that. Let's get into resilience. <laughs> um, I thought that was an interesting, all, all of this kind of like, um, I don't know, you got my mind kind of working after I read your notes because we talk about persevering, we talk about manifestation, but resilience, I don't hear much about. Mm -hmm. I don't hear much about that as in the sense of self-care or survival. You know what I'm saying? Like, like being yeah. able to, I don't know if that's the same thing as grit, but being able to just like go through, especially now, I feel like with, with, with all, like we have all this information in our fingertips now, something we didn't have years ago. So when we that's learned right. the bad news, it was like sporadically and slow. Now, every bad thing that could possibly be happening in the world, all you have to do is Google, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, I know. you know, widespread. How can, please, please tell me and the people, how resist, <laughs> how, how like resilience can help us in this modern time? 
Wow, I, I really honestly could probably talk about this for hours, but let me, let me start by saying what I think part of it includes. Like, I think resilience is about self-awareness. I think it's about our relationships. I think it's about mindfulness and self-care. Like, so that's sort of like, but I think there's these certain qualities like confidence, connection, our competence, um, our capacity for coping. Um, those are like community, communication. So these essential kinds of components or core ideas, I think make up someone who might be res more resilient or less resilient. And I think if we think about resilience, it's about our capacity to manage the hard times, the bad situation, plus maybe some chronic trauma or a new trauma happening. So are we are we able to get kind of knocked down and how long does it take us to get back up? If it if it if it brings us down in our mood and our energy, how far does it go? Right? Are we going from a ten to a one? Are we go ten to a five? Um, what are the strategies that we start to do to help ourselves, and how fast are we responding? So you can see how if somebody doesn't have the skills, or if they get knocked down, they get down to a one or if they get knocked down and they're down for weeks, like there's a different level of resilience that you can see in people depending on how they're adapting or not to the hardships of life. And sometimes like you're saying, chronic hardships. Um, so that's kind of like in general, I think when I think about right now, if we think about all that's going on in the world and really there's always something, we could find it. Right. Literally on our street, in our community, in our city, in our state, country, globally. And whether that's about climate or it's about war or it's just about um, financial security or not, or food security for people, or it's about, uh, you know, racial tensions and religious tensions in our neighborhoods, in our world, like it's always there. Right. And so I think some people are better able to create a boundary around themselves. That's one of the things I teach is about how to create a kind of boundary. Um, in fact, I just gave a lecture last week to the Chamber of Commerce here about how do you set healthy boundaries for self-care that's effective and you do it with confidence. And like, so some of those skills that I was talking to them about, um, it's also just about, you know, can you, what it, what are the choices you're making every single day that might contribute to things feeling worse or better? So coping strategies might include how I'm spending my time, how am I taking care of myself? What choices are I'm, am I making about what do I watch? What do I listen to? Um, how long am I listening to it? So someone who might have CNN on in the background all day long is going to get very overstimulated by negative input and we have to be aware that what we take into our bodies whether it's through our eyes our ears our nose our mouth our touch every single thing we take into our bodies affects us so if you make a conscious choice that i'm not going to listen to you know um some hardcore metal music or <laughs> Uh, or like something really hardcore versus maybe like, I don't know, um, 
a, a serenade, uh, the movie soundtrack to um, The Wizard of Oz. I don't know. Like you, we make choices about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, if you watch, if you watch a certain movie, if you watch a sad movie, you cry. Right. I mean, I do. <laughs> It didn't take much for me. I cry at cooking shows. My kids make fun of me. I'm like, I'm like, it's a human interest story. Um, Wait a minute, but, what is going on in the cooking show where you cry? Oh my gosh, when they get kicked off. <laughs> oh, your compassion is amazing. <laughs> okay, so I didn't actually write that down. I didn't tell you earlier, but compassion is part of resilience. To have mm -hmm. compassion for yourself and others. Right. Um, helps you become more resilient as well. But but my point is like the foods we eat, the music we listen to, the shows we listen to all affect our mood. And so it's just check in with yourself. What am I taking into my life? The people that I let into my life. Um, and then even how you start your morning, like daily habits in the morning. If you get up and literally are like rushing like a wild person to rush out the door, you're going to have a certain feeling in your body and your mind versus I'm gonna get up with enough time, so I'm gonna do 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of stretching my body, then I'm gonna take my shower and I'm gonna have my coffee, you know, it's a different day. Yeah. So the other question is, and this gets back to something I mentioned earlier, it's like, what gets in our way? Because sometimes we kind of know what we need to do. Sometimes we really don't. Sometimes we need the skills and we need the information, but sometimes we know exactly what we should do and we still don't do it. And so that's another whole level of like checking in with yourself about why am I self-sabotaging? Why do I not take care of myself? And that's something I do every single day, which is help people understand their unconscious mind, which is the stuff that lays hidden, the fears and motivations that are right below the surface that keep us from taking good care of ourselves. Um, wow, and this is a lot. I love this. I love. I this. know it is a lot. And I wanted to return to something because I want to pick up the thread because I talked about there were three ways to kind of tap into self-awareness. And one of them was meditation. Mm -hmm. One of them is free associative journaling to be able to journal like anything that comes to your mind at all. And you just free association journaling, set a timer for 10 to 15 minutes. I have tons of prompts through Windows to Wisdom, but you can also literally just start it cold, just start writing, or you could say, what do I most need to know right now? And just journal your heart out, set a timer, do three pages of journaling or 10 or 15 minutes. And then the other thing is dream interpretation. So I'm very into dreams because dreams are little clues from your unconscious mind. And this is something for some people that's hard because they're like, I have scary dreams or I don't remember my dreams. And so I have lots of hints about how to remember your dreams, how to understand your dreams and be able to use them as like little guides of like, it's like a, taking a temperature, like what's going on with me? What was the emotion of that dream? What's being communicated to me? I, um, I was just telling somebody, there's not a night I don't dream. I literally dream every night in color, movies. I dream movies every night. And do you talk to somebody about your dreams? No, you know, um, I've been dreaming since a kid. Like since a kid, I dream every night. I met, I well, my guess is you, you have repetitive dreams too. Do you have a, a dream? Lot, that yep, a lot of repetitive dreams. And then some of them are like continuing, like a like it's TV, like a two-peak, it'll pick off where it'll pick up where it left off. 
And I'm That's like, oh my God, I am uh, dreaming movies. <laughs> it's it's a talent. And you know, some people actually write screen plays based on their dreams because- Oh my, I should have got my calling. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one of the things I love to teach about is dreams and dream interpretation. And mm -hmm. I have a free dream interpretation guide. I think that's up on the app too. It, it, part of that kind of business is like, is everything organized on there? But we have a lot, a lot. We have free meditations. We have meditations on self-trust and confidence. And, um, but there is the dream, uh, the dream, not only the dream interpretation guide, but I think I have a meditation on like suggesting how to how to dream, how to remember your dream, how to set an intention for your dream. Mm -hmm. So if you have like a question or a concern, you can literally go to bed and set an intention of what you're going to dream that night and and let that come to you. And so I would recommend, Renita, you may really enjoy keeping a dream journal. And even if you just took five or 10 minutes to write down your dreams, um, and anyway, I could teach you how to, I could teach you how to understand them. Well, I would love that. And if I do write a screenplay and hit it big, I'm coming for you. Like I want you in the front. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm loving this. Um, I feel like at this point, resilience and self-awareness comes hand in hand. I've they been like, on this emotional intelligence kick um in my live streams just talking about the different ones and self-awareness is the first thing that we talked about so this kind of exercised my thought on self-awareness because i thought it was just be self-aware so you know because the higher your self-awareness is the more you understand how you affect people the more you understand how you're affected but i thought about i never thought about how the stuff you're talking about like why am i like this why am i so anxious like when it's when it's disconnected from others i never thought of yeah. self-awareness from that that point of view and so I, I i i don't know i'm in the conundrum this is why i'm asking you the question um and for some of the viewers like for people that's like okay um when am i gonna find time to become this self-aware and then when i do find out these ticks when am i gonna find the time to implement these daily practices for self-care so i'm asking you like how can one who who is kind of new to this like find the time and not because sometimes we get anxiety about change like okay i, I know this, but how am i gonna do this and da, 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 and then it just sits to the wayside because now that becomes too much you know self-care becomes too much so I understand. how can one kind of, am I making sense? Like, oh, you're making total sense. Yeah. We can really want something. And then we're like, we're busy. I don't know how to fit it in. Right. So I meant, I mentioned this, um, I, I'm, I did mention a program that I have called windows to change, and it really does walk you through. And really, I think the key, the key to resilience, the key to change is having community. And even if you just paired up with a friend, even if you just paired up with a friend, um, and we're like, hey, how are you doing with your self-care? Um, having accountability in a community where you can start making progress and feel like you can check in with somebody and go, oh, this is my problem. I, I ran into a roadblock here, or what does this mean? But if someone felt like even that was too much, the only thing I would say is, I would say, be curious, don't judge, and just notice, that's it. Be curious, don't judge, just notice. And so rather than feeling like it's a task, it's almost like having someone in the passenger seat with you. Maybe they're in the back seat, 
you don't want them in charge, but you're like, I'm listening to them. I'm like, oh, I, it's it, so part of being resilient would be an example of this would be uh, in terms of like confidence and trusting yourself is someone who's less resilient might have a voice that starts saying, you're never going to make it. This mm -hmm. is too much. Uh, I, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't handle this. Um, this reminds me of all the times, dot, dot, dot. Uh, it, this, this is a bad omen, dot, dot, dot. Okay. So, and someone who's resilient might be like, this is really tough, but I know I can get through this because right. I remember those other times. I can get through this because I've done it before. I'm confident, I'm strong. So the voice inside of you is 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 going to help direct you. So if, listen to this. It's like it doesn't take time. You've got an inner dialogue all the time. That's true. It really is just in these key small moments where you're helping yourself. And in terms of self-care habits, I really, really love to encourage people to find some kind of meditation that they like. Even if it's just listening to meditative music for a couple of minutes, mm -hmm. I really encourage people to journal because it is a way to connect and listen to yourself. And I do encourage people to keep dream journals. But, and, and, and in the ideal world, you move your body and, and make sure you're putting good food into your body um, and having good sleep. But even if you could only do two minutes of meditation and two minutes of stretching and two minutes of journaling, that's going to be way better than, oh, I have to do 15. I don't have 15 minutes. But the other thing is I will tell you that the number one excuses I hear in my office is I don't have time. I don't have money, but people find time and they find money for the things that matter. And sometimes they don't matter. They just feel like they have to have it. So it's always a kind of gentle confrontation when people are like, I really don't have time. I'm like, how right. long did you scroll today? How many emails, how many emails did you have to scroll past because you haven't unsubscribed because you have like a hundred in there or how many, how many minutes did you spend on Netflix? Come on now. So get off my toes. <laughs> so, so but, we, but, you but know, you're right. You are, you are definitely right. We don't even notice like those, those times where we're doing those little bitty things, how that's just. Yeah. It just sucks up time, and you're you're absolutely right. When I wake up um, before the house wakes up, and I do my meditation and my journaling and stuff, my day does seem to go by a lot. It's like time slows down for me. But when I wake up and I and when I miss that, my day it seemed like like yes, like five minutes ago it was eight a.m. You know what I'm saying? Like um, that's you know. So I noticed I noticed the difference in that. And it's like, if I know the effects of how great it feels and with anyone that struggles with this, why yeah. is it, once again, why is it a struggle? Because you, you, because you have evidence that it works, right? <laughs> well, and I think that sometimes there are things outside of our awareness that get in the way. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you some, by the way, I didn't know you were a sister in the journaling and meditation. I'm just, I'm just, I'm preaching to the choir here. Like you already know. I know but <laughs> You already know. But listen, I sometimes go through periods of time where I get caught on the treadmill. And, and usually when I'm focusing energy and I put my kids first, and it's not that I shouldn't, sometimes I need to, but really it's like, I end up doing things like I'll just sleep an extra 30 minutes, but then they need me and, I, and then the ball's rolling. Mm -hmm. So, but I think, so it's not about being perfect. It's about just 
it's not it's not a destination it's a process but but i also think that's where some journaling or just self-reflection comes in because you might ask yourself what is it that's getting in my way can i think of any reason why i would be concerned about why what would happen if this went really well if i got all that money if i lost all that weight if i was super healthy like there actually are consequences to that right like when we choose this path sometimes we're choosing not to be on a different path and not being on that other path has consequences maybe there are different people and we're leaving some people behind or spending different time in different places so with every change i talk about this at every change there's a goodbye we're saying goodbye to something and maybe it's an old friend that doesn't serve you well but you're they're still your old friend i don't know what it is but everybody knows there's something it's like that thing or that time how you spend your time and energy so sometimes we have to say goodbye to some part of our path that hasn't been working to for us and a lot of other things that come in are like people might have shame mm-hmm. low self-worth they may actually struggle with self-love and self-compassion there are thoughts and feelings and things that have gone on in their life that they cannot let go of so they don't feel like they deserve anything different or better they may feel that they'll get the uh disappointment or envy from of people that they care about so growing and changing has consequences and i think if people take time to explore they can sometimes get to the bottom of like what their reason is that they keep sabotaging and so sometimes it takes time to self reflect but this is also why people come to me in my office and go to therapy or or join a community where you can actually be like talking about it and 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 exploring it as it's coming up yeah i love that i love that so i just want to piggyback on community um when you when we we just talked we you kind of slightly touched on that there are people that sometimes kind of opt out of community due to past experiences past hurt and they 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 have a desire because i feel like we all have a sense of belonging i don't care what anyone says but you have that i don't know it's like an electric fence that you place in front of you to not join a community due to past experiences and past hurt with a person that's going through that what can you what um i don't know some small tips you can give them to um inch towards community or even to identify if it is even a strong community you know for them that's a really good question and i think given this it normally when somebody would propose some kind of idea like this i would start asking more questions like so so i i i you know i i in my office it's not that i don't ever give advice but really i'm guiding people towards their own answers mm-hmm. so in this case if someone said to me and i knew more specifically i would be able to guide that better than this kind of abstract but what i will say is this we all carry the wounds of failed relationships hurts slights disappointments frustrations traumas and we carry them with us and i think um sometimes we do something called projection and what projection is is we we take something and we place it on the other person whether it's theirs or not um it happens all the time in my office but it's kind of designed that way i i have i i'm a very private person and therapy isn't about me it's about the other person so they can project anything onto me so some people project that i'm single some people kind of hear that i'm married but maybe they have an idea of what that meant 
um, whether I have kids or not, whether I'm nice or not, rich or not, and whether I'm Jewish or not. Like, it's all of the things. Um, and then they have their ideas about who I am. So I think what happens is that's a lot of disruption that happens in community is where sometimes putting on something that actually doesn't belong to that person because we don't really know people unless we ask. Right. Um, so I think, so I think, first of all, I would say check in. Do you really have all the information? Are you jumping to conclusions? Is there, there's a whole bunch of cognitive distortions that start to happen where we might minimize something good and maximize something bad. We might have black and white thinking about something, all or nothing thinking, catastrophizing. This is all the stuff we do. And I think if you check in about the way you're thinking about a situation, that would be the first thing I would say. Second thing is communication. Is there a way to communicate your concern um, directly to the person? Is there, uh, and I'm thinking about if it happened in a community and you want to return to that community. One thing I've learned over all the years of my working with people is you have to be able to tolerate something I call ambivalence. That is mixed feelings about the same person. So you can actually have feelings, I love this person, but there's some things I really don't like, or maybe I feel like I hate them today. Um, but somehow the love wins, right? We can be disappointed and we can think about what we're grateful for. So I think a lot of times that's what I'm thinking about. Now, some communities are not safe. And I think that's also about being able to trust yourself. Is this the right community for me? Do I really belong here? Is this safe? Mm -hmm. Because I think whatever community you join, you should be able to feel safe. That you may not always like what's going on, but somehow there's something set up where there's room for respect and communication and not hatred. And I think this is part of what's playing out in the world right now is there's a lot of hate and a lot of anger and a lot of hurt, but hate doesn't solve anything, right? And it's like, how do we build bridges? How can we have compassion for each other? Um, but I do think that people need to be, um, I guess, intuitive, trust their instincts, trust their inner compass, um, that they know who's right and who's not right for them. And I think some people will come to me and they say, I keep making bad decisions. I keep making the same decisions. I keep ending up in the same bad situations with people. And sometimes we're driven to do that because we're trying to work something out. We keep trying to solve that problem with the same situation. And um, that's another whole thing. But what I will say is uh, if you find yourself repeating being drawn to certain people in certain communities that don't serve you, then there's some inner work to be done uh, to understand what it is that's drawing you into those situations so that you can then with more open eyes choose something different, maybe unfamiliar, but better for you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. So you talk, um, how can people find this app? How can people find you? Oh, well, the app is called Windows to Wisdom. It's it's an app on Apple and Google, I believe. And um, uh, my website is windowstowisdom.com. I also have a separate website called windowstowisdomretreat.com. So that's just for my retreats that I do. And I have a at-home virtual retreat coming. It's like a fully curated retreat that you can do at home, do with your friends, have at a party. But it's about taking time and space 
reflection, fun. Um, so that's on that website. And then if you want to reach me, you could reach me at Jamie at windows to wisdom.com. And I, I think on the website, there is a way for you to click in and opt in for this, some of the free stuff. But if you're interested in something in particular I've talked about, I would just email me, jamie at windows to wisdom.com. Let me put you on the email list. Let me send you the freebies that I have um, and make sure you, you know, because we have so many things and it kind of depends on uh, what you're needing at the time. But all the programs I talked about today, those are up on the website uh, and in the app. Um, yeah. I love this. So before I let you go and get on my soapbox, um, <laughs> BYOK, we have a signature question here. And that question is, if you can describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Oh my goodness. I'm so bad at picking one because my even when we go out to eat, I want a little bit of everything. How can I pick just one? Um, you can do more than one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I always tell people to trust the first word that comes to mind. And I, and if you're like, if I'm allowed to have two, I will say heart centered and resilient. And I think, so I think what's nice about that is who I think I am is also who my business is. Like I, it's just fully me and I'm super invested in it because it is who I am. Heart centered, meaning I lead with love um and compassion in every single thing i do whether i'm leading teaching parenting working with my patients or clients and resilience is just i guess how i see myself that no matter what has happened in my life that i have found the, and i guess resourcefulness right because it's like knowing how to reach out for resources knowing when to ask for help um, creating a team, creating a community, having close relationships with your family, um, all of that building into my own resilience. So yeah, heart-centered resilient. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It is so key to ask for help. So many people are struggling alone. Like once again, community and you don't have to. You know, I know. Well, know. people think it's a sign of weakness or they'll right. feel like they don't really deserve it or they don't want to bother people or disappoint mm -hmm. people or they need to protect an image. Boy, social media does that. I'm really bad at social media. If y'all go on, there's lots of cool stuff on there, but I'm not a very consistent poster. But I think it requires so much of people that they end up feeling like they can't be who they really are or to be able to ask for help because they're supposed to be the ones helping. So right. one of the things I do a lot is help other helpers. So a lot of my mm -hmm. clients and patients are other people in healing professions. So they especially struggle sometimes because they feel like they have, they should have it all together, right? right. They shouldn't be struggling. They shouldn't have to struggle. Um, yeah. yeah. I find most helpers don't help themselves nor, and they have the people with the best advice do not follow it, you know? So, um <laughs> well that's my specialty if right. i could say i mean i i help all kinds of people from all walks of life i would say if there was one specialty it would be helping people who help other people they they need that help you know they, they do i need that help i'm one of those people i'm like <laughs> <"Bro."> <laughs> yeah. like i can sit and i can empower you and then i'll get off the phone and be like life sucks like <laughs> Well, life is challenging sometimes. It yeah. really is. And like I said earlier, 
there's nothing that's going to protect us from all of that right. but 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 there are some things we can do that make it easier that make it better and part of it is not being alone in it not being alone in it having somebody you're talking to uh connecting with yeah i love that well jennifer has um presented the treats to us today because it has been such um, you really challenged. I love when my thinking gets challenged and my perspective gets challenged because these words that you're using today, I never apply to self-care. <laughs> well, I love that. Yeah, self-care, self-aware. Yeah. I say self-aware is self-care, right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Self-awareness, resilience. The other thing was, um, what was it? Um, self-discovery. Um, those are three main words um, that I have never equated to self-care. So I've, I've learned a lot. <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, I've really enjoyed speaking with you and I hope our paths cross again. And uh, I love the chance to speak with you. And hopefully something I said today is going to help somebody in some small way. And yes. maybe y'all will reach out to me. I would love for you to reach out to me and share with me any questions or concerns that you have. So yes please do please do um audience i know this was a lot to take in but it's not impossible and we can actually make time for it according to jamie put down those phones get quiet <laughs> well if, if if nothing else the first step would be to say what can i do for five minutes for five minutes anything what can i do for five minutes right anything yeah, yeah i love that i love that so until next time, listeners, thank you again, Jamie, for your time and sharing sharing your wisdom. Um, I'm definitely going to get that app. I'm going to try a challenge myself. And um, I actually welcome everyone listening to this to do that as well. Um, and until next time, everyone, don't forget to be kind to yourself, um, which in turn will help you to be kind to others. And so I'll um, talk to you all later. Bye.